0: Hello friends, and welcome to Tell Us More, a podcast from Lake Forest Church, all about the messages we hear each and every week. I am your host, Nathan Story, and joining me are my ever-faithful companions here on the Tell Us More journey, Cesar Guerrero and Aaron Gibson. Hey guys. Hello,
1: hello. Hey, 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 hey.
0: So we uh, would have possibly had uh, Reverend Rachel Coombe with us. She was supposed to preach this past week at Westlake. Uh, and it was going to be uh, great to have a, a new special guest, a first-time guest on the show. But as life would have it and as COVID would have it, um, Aaron had to pinch hit uh, the day before um, <laughs> is when we found out Rachel wasn't going to be joining us this past Sunday. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about that as we get started. Uh, a little bit of a reminder, we're in a series called The Whole Story. We're going through the Bible. We've just come to Exodus now. We're starting to, to talk about Moses and the, the, the nation of Israel. Uh, interesting way, but before we get started, just from a kind of behind the scenes pastoral. Ooh, uh, pull the curtain
1: back. Pull the curtain. Yeah, back. Yeah,
0: pull pull the curtain back, kind of thing. Um, Aaron, why don't you talk a little bit about preaching this week and just what was that experience like? Tell us, uh, help us, help us empathize and sympathize with you for how hard your <laughs> life is. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know, uh, it's whenever I have a, a week off, it allows me to catch up on a lot of other things. Uh, you know, a lot of. Stuff that is part of the job that maybe is important, but but you know uh, because Sunday comes once every seven days at least in North Carolina, you just kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. feel this <laughs> this this crunch. So uh, I'd done a lot of that, and so honestly, I was standing in my kitchen. It was Saturday afternoon. It's about I can't remember one or two o'clock. And and um, I was making uh, something I'd never made before. I was making uh, spicy Italian sausage stuffed mushrooms,
0: <laughs> and
1: uh, I'm and I'm about two minutes from the timer going off. They're almost done, and I get Rachel's call, and I'm, and my first thought really truly was like, oh okay, maybe there's something we need to touch on for tomorrow. I pick up and she says, Aaron, I got bad news. And so then, you know, you just kind of click into a little bit of panic mode because church is what at that point, I don't know, something like 16 hours away or something like that. <laughs> but, uh, it was, you know, Rachel was so great. She shared her manuscript with me and honestly, it was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun getting to preach somebody else's manuscript, somebody else's, uh, sermon, you know? Uh, and I, I think I, I learned a lot from that process. It's something I've done before Mike Moses and I will often share ideas and things, but yeah, but this yeah. is, this is a little bit different.
2: That's one spicy mushroom right there. That's one spicy
1: (laughs) mushroom. (laughs) They were great, by the way. They were great. It sounded good. Sound good. How many times
2: do you have to read this manuscript, though? You said you've done this before where you've you've co-written or have preached a a Mike Moses one that you've worked on together. How many times do you have to, to read it to where it becomes like your almost like your sermon again?
1: Well, in, in, in full disclosure, I mean, I I sat down and I I edited it quite significantly. I would say probably anywhere between a quarter and a third of the final sermon was was mine. But you know, one of the neat things for me is, uh, it's it's kind of an, a window into what preaching is as a as a worship practice and as an art form, as a storytelling form. Uh, what's cool is we have this incredible task where we're supposed to, with the Holy Spirit's help, sit down and really discern what the Lord is saying to us through this through this text. Hmm. And so in in some ways, that's not meant to be an individual enterprise. That's a communal enterprise. And so when I'm prepping for a sermon, uh, I'm considering my own eyes. What, what am I reading in this text? But I'm also reading what others have said about this text. I'm reading scholarly work and other, others who've done that work. And so it wasn't all that different. It just so happens that Rachel had done a substantial portion of that for me. <laughs> and uh, it was really cool to see the scriptures through Rachel's eyes for that, for that passage. I, I felt like I learned something that I, I wouldn't have learned otherwise, but, but I also had fun getting to deliver her insights. So it was, it was really cool. I, I think it's something, you know, preachers who don't have that opportunity, I, I think it's something they ought to do more often.
2: Well, uh, another peel the curtain back kind of moment from the tech team perspective one of them said that the jokes were a lot more funny this week
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> so
2: I'll have to I'll have to let them know that, that you <laughs> the jokes still this week so.
1: I don't know about that the funny ones were probably Rachel's the uh, the lame ones uh, were probably were probably mine right so uh, yeah that's that's really funny Caesar
0: <laughs> I'm reminded here um, as we're having this conversation and thinking about these things you know, our friend Brent Campbell mentioned to us when we had him on the show a number of weeks ago that he often will get up and, and not know what he's saying at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I remember during that conversation, Caesar and I were just kind of, I, I could speak for myself. At least I was kind of dumbfounded by this idea of just like getting up there and having to fill 25, 30 minutes with just kind of the <laughs> Lord's moment, you know, moment to moment leading and, and that, what a r- remarkable gift he has to do that. Uh, and to me, you know, I remember asking him, I was just curious, is that, is that like a terrifying thing or a, is that a, a scary, or like is that an exciting thing or is it, is it a bit of both? And so, Aaron, I would ask you the same thing. Is this to get up there and, and to kind of go by someone else's work, is, is that kind of a scary thing to do or is it more of an exciting thing? I think you've touched on, on this a little bit, but yeah, those, did you have any of those feelings as you went into Sunday morning?
1: Yeah, you know, I, th- I think uh, what, what Brent's talking about is a, a tradition in preaching called extemporaneous preaching. Yeah. And, uh, I you know, my guess is, and I, yeah, I'll actually have to ask Brent this. Brent's going to be coming back and preaching uh, in, in just a few months here, which would be fun. Yeah. Uh, my guess is he would, say, if you pressed him on, it's not that he hasn't thought about what he's going to say. Right. Uh, from a big idea perspective, but he just hasn't necessarily written it out in a in a manuscript kind of way, right? Uh, so, so three there are three kind of basic modes to preaching. There's extemporaneous, which is Brent. You're going up with nothing, and and but you've pr- prayerfully meditated on the passage quite a bit. Maybe you've thought about some of the big ideas. Then there's an outline preacher, which kind of has well, just like what it sounds like, an outline. And then there's a manuscript where somebody's written out word for word. And uh, um, I I've just found for my own style the manuscripting works best. I, I veer away from the manuscript quite a bit when I preach, but uh, but having Forced myself to do that work, I think really helps serve our church, serve our congregation the best, um, especially because I'm a weekend, week out preacher. I guess if I was a guest guy, I could just come in with my highlight reel and uh, be, be pretty good. But, you know, uh, because my church has to our church has to hear from me frequently. I, I want to make sure I'm, I'm thoughtful about that. But yeah, what was really what I when I walked away, I thought about this analogy and, and folks who've been tracking with us through the whole story. Maybe this will be meaningful to them. When we started this series, we talked about what is scripture. This is a very week, the very first week, in, and that there's this crazy idea that Christians have that, uh, that's beautifully mysterious, that somehow, even though the scriptures were written by human authors, by human hands, they are yet somehow uh, inspired by or, or, or literally breathed by or breathed in by the Holy Spirit and i was thinking about this because the in a lot of ways what i did on sunday was a little bit of a parallel uh i was the human author as it were right i was the hu- i was the human speaker in this case but it was rachel toons insights being breathed into that message mm-hmm. that gave it its meaning isn't that d- does that kind of parallel kind of make sense to you guys
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's that is uh um that's a really interesting metaphor to think to thinking that in it that way. I, I I'm thinking often now of like a, like a, it's a little bit of a, a darker metaphor, but like almost like a puppet in a way. Like there's something yeah. just kind of pulling the strings. Someone uh, in, or even like a, a giant robot suit or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there, there was a, a little bit of a, a back and forth. So I think I think in some ways, you know, while while I retained my autonomy. Uh certainly I could say whatever I wanted to. It was it was Rachel's Yeah, it was her insights yeah. that were coming through. So uh yeah, it was like it, it playing,
2: was it's like playing a, a cover song in a different style.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's it. There you go. There you go. go. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So I did talk to Rachel. She's doing well and uh Good. Good. uh Good. you know her she she's uh she's isolated at home and uh uh, but she's, she's excited. She's actually going to come in a couple weeks and, and join us on another Sunday. So mm-hmm. for all the, the Rachel fans out there like me, uh, they're, they're going to get the real deal, not the, uh, Rachel through Aaron's, uh, cover <laughs> yeah. song deal. So that'll be good.
0: The cover song yeah. or the puppeteer version. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we look forward to having her. She's always such a gift to us and, uh, wish her a speedy recovery as well. well let's, let's get into the, the message itself. And then the story you mentioned talking about the whole story being, um, Mysterious, the Bible, the Scripture being mysterious, as we began the whole story, I should say rather, and uh, well, let me just say it's about to get real weird, right? <laughs>
1: it's about <laughs> to get real weird, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so if we're if we're tracking through Genesis, like we're like, okay, there's some some hard things to read, some weird things to process at times with some of the cultural norms of the time, like oh, that's very strange. But now we're getting into God being uh, still an active participant in stories, right? But doing some well vengeful and and scary and and kind of weird things we as we think about the passover yeah how do how do we uh what's our f- our first do you do you remember i guess let me ask this do you remember your first reaction to the some of these uh these exodus stories some of this moses story as uh, as you read it for the first time do you guys remember reading that stuff uh
2: the most formative um i guess retelling that story was the prince of Egypt like, yes. I watched that movie so much yes. as a kid. But yeah, I mean, yeah. when you're when you're a kid and you read these stories the first time, it's usually again in a, in a children's Bible. And I think I mentioned my children's Bible before. It's it's more, yeah. a little bit more graphic than a normal children's Bible, but still, you yeah. know, it's it's still, you still, you still see the locusts and the and everybody with pimples on their arms, you know, some <laughs> yeah. boils and, like that. <laughs> and yeah, it, it it seems more like a, I guess the I never read Lord of the Rings, but that kind of fantasy genre, <laughs> like it starts feeling more like that. yeah Um,
0: with the plagues it does a little bit but definitely
2: the prince of egypt was like the kind of formative thing when it when it comes to like the visual yes the way they represent the plagues visually in that in that movie is really striking. I actually saw a TikTok about it this past week.
0: I saw the same it, one. I was about it, to say that.
2: <laughs> and and it, the TikTok starts off and it says, what's the most like traumatic thing you've ever seen as a kid? And it was the scene where the angel of death comes through as a little white ghost kind of smoke yeah. thing. And yeah. children die. And I'm like, yeah, as a kid, watching an animated version of that is, is kind of dramatic. Um,
0: you know, everything I see... Now I see through the lens of being a dad, and I saw mm-hmm. that TikTok, and and the sound design of that scene is so effective because mm-hmm. you literally hear the breath escape from the children. Um, they don't show it's a it's a PG mm-hmm. kids animated movie, but it's pretty intense. Uh, but you hear the the breath of these kids leave their bodies, and it's really impactful. Yeah. And so I'm th- sitting there as I'm watching this TikTok, and uh, you know watching Prince of Egypt again through it. That man. I, this would be really hard to explain to my son right now like yeah. what yeah, yeah. like why god is killing children
2: yeah thank goodness it's pg-13 <laughs> yeah <laughs> hopefully hopefully families are using the guidelines or right like right anyway yeah
1: yeah i think my you know it's it's interesting i didn't grow uh you know grew up in in sunday school or in church in that way i so i didn't have any real childlike exposure to this at all mm. uh, i i came yeah. at it as a young adult and I, I remember being troubled, pretty troubled by the whole dialogue between Yahweh, God and Pharaoh and, and yeah. trying to make heads or tails of that. And, you know, I was still stuck in some of that, the whole kind of um, sovereignty, free will conversation. And, and a lot of people over the years have made a big deal out of that it, with this story. And you know, it, um, I didn't yet have the framework that we talked about a couple of weeks. Ago with with Joseph with the upper story lower story kind of thing, but I, you know that's been a real helpful way for me to think about it. Uh, you know, one of the rabbis uh, in the midrash and, and midrash is a uh, you can just think of it as like the all the rabbis commentaries on the Old Testament, right? They're all writing these things and and they call it the midrash. It's kind of a collection of of reflections and and the rabbis love to point out and I think they're right that. It was not God who killed the babies, but it was the the uh, a- angel of death or or the or the the bringer of death. Yeah, which which is both comforting and troubling at the same time. It, it, it's comforting because in some way God is one degree removed from it. Yeah, uh, He's not the one bringing the death Himself, and yet you know we still have to make sense of the fact that the text is like He sent that that yeah. agent or He released that or He stopped. He didn't stop that agent. However, you want to think about it, right? Yeah. Um, but the the text is uncomfortable with that idea too. And and I think what I saw this time that I had not seen before is just how patient God is with Pharaoh. Mm. Um, I, I wish we had you know had I, uh, I w- had I had a little more time, or had I mm-hmm. uh, had a chance to to do my own digging on this. I, I think I would have liked to have drawn that out a little more. The the ten plagues are are interesting because you know each one corresponds to a crazy god. I mean, I, we laughed about that a little bit. The god of lice, you know, like what yeah. a strange <laughs> god. Um, he probably doesn't get invited to the god cookouts, you know, like <laughs> yeah. what else stay home. He's like uh,
0: pig pin and peanuts. He's like kind of always dirty and just really that's gross. <laughs> that's
1: right. right. No, no play dates. take a bath, dude. But I I think that the Picture that we get, and, and I, uh, I I wish I could remember the scholar uh, who, who called this out. But God, the, if you step back without judgment, you just take the story as it wants to tell itself. Um, it God is after Pharaoh's heart. That's mm-hmm. the one thing that gets carried through all ten of the plagues. It, there's all this conversation about his heart, and and you know, we we get hung up on the idea that in some of the later plagues, the text says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. I'll get to that in just a second. Mm -hmm. But in the first batch of plagues, it's Pharaoh that hardens his own heart. And so there's this picture of God, he, he kind of starts with an easy one. The Nile turns to blood. Like that's kind of like the mildest of the plagues if, if you think about it, right? Like it's- Which is crazy to say in and of itself, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just-
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Our, the, the source of all of our life and sustenance is now just, blood. That's all. <laughs> it's just
1: a river of blood, river of blood. <laughs> um, but again, what, the Nile was a huge deal in Egypt and the yeah. the God of the river was one of the premier deities. And yeah. so he kind of takes a stab at the first guy, and then, hey, Pharaoh, wh- you know, why don't you turn, why don't you bow your knee, humble yourself, and, and, and let my people go, and be and, and you acknowledge me as the true God. And Pharaoh's like, no, thank you, and he just kind of keeps going. And, but for God to have walked that process 10 times out, um, there's, there's something telling about that, his patience, his forbearance in that process. Yeah, that's what was just striking me actually. Just that, you know, there's a
0: lot of you could look through um, the perspective that God is doing all of these awful things, or you know, even to our previous point, allowing all these awful things to happen. But what's again, what's striking me is that well, God's also just giving him a ton of chances. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like a ton of chances, and, and in the way, you know, you could you could argue that the The last straw is 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 kind of being put on the camel's back if if I could use those both of those metaphors yeah uh, with with the angel of death thing it's like well, he's just trying to get pharaoh's attention right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in the way that you know perhaps would speak to the Egyptian people through their their God's being
1: kind of turned over a little bit yeah, yeah that's right and well and and you know we need to not lose sight of the fact that um the the final the final death blow as it were in this cosmic battle between yahweh and pharaoh the final one is really just mirroring what pharaoh the pharaoh the previous pharaoh had done hundreds of years 400 years earlier right yeah. in killing uh sorry sorry a, a generation earlier in killing all of the hebrew boys yeah and there's a li- there's a little bit of a I, I don't know that I want to say payback. There's just a sense of reaping what you sow, right? Mm, yeah. A- and um, and 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 Pharaoh had sown violence, and now he was suffering violence. Mm. And and I think that theme is going to get played out over and over again uh, in, in the scriptures.
0: Yeah. One thing we uh, hear often in, in Bible Journey. Um which I just was doing some of this morning is that, you know, God is a God who um, it's, it's fair. You know, we believe he is just, but in that way, you know, he, he, I'll say, demands sacrifice. Like he demands blood. And so this also just reminds me of the times where, um, you know, Isaac needed to be offered uh, for blood and then we'll, you know, fast forward and we'll see Jesus needing to be that offering, right. Mm -hmm. For us. So, so, in 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 some way this is kind of the offering right the 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 cost of blood that that needed to be shed for for the crimes that were committed against god's people yeah
1: yeah yeah it's it's interesting you know the 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 Hebrews are you know they're gonna leave egypt and they're gonna they're gonna travel into the wilderness and of course they they're not gonna get but a couple of days into the journey and they're already gonna be complaining, you know uh are we there yet are we there yet like kids in the minivan yeah they and really then are. And then they're eventually going to get into back to the Promised Land, which is the land that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had lived in, and now you know they had left. But by the time they get back there, there are all kinds of other people living there. And so uh, yeah. there's a there's a sense in which um, the store the the story of what happened in Egypt is going to travel, <laughs> mm. and um, there's a little bit of a oh okay don't mess with Yahweh, he means business right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's a sense that that story is going to go before him and before god's people into the land of, land of canaan and that's that's going to play out as god 's people step into that into the promised land uh, Yahweh has a reputation he he's a he's an almighty god you you don't want to you don't want to mess with him mm-hmm. he's he's merciful he's long suffering but but when push comes to shove, he is yet powerful mm mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm also too just thinking about these stories as a as a grown up as someone who grew up in the church and hearing Bible stories a lot. You know, I, um, you without a full knowledge of geography, I, I didn't quite understand how how close Egypt actually kind of is. Like, it's not that far from from the Promised Land, but at the same time, it uh, it felt far. You know, if you were in captivity, I'm sure if you felt uh, like you were trapped, you weren't in the promised land or even from your home, you know, it had to feel like an eternity in terms of distance yeah, uh, from, from being where they, where they were going to go and
1: end up, end up being. Yeah. You know, we often think about the, them traveling th- through the wilderness, which is actually the long route, right? Yes. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be kind of like going from, from, you're trying to get from Denver to Charlotte, but you're, you're going to go. um, I don't know you're gonna go all the way to Greenville, South Carolina before you go to Charlotte kind of thing. You know, like, like that's kind of the circuitous route as it were, um, but it's it it really is close. And those two worlds are intimately connected in the Bible story, which is why I, thought, I think it was so important for us in our series to understand a little bit of Egypt and what what's happening there. The other interesting thing though, is we didn't touch on this at all. Um, God's people had been there uh, for 430 years. Years, yeah, <clears throat> right. So by the so try to put that in in our historical context. Uh, if you're one of the you know one of these people that was born around the time of Moses, that and and he's now saying, hey, it's time for us to go. We need to go back to this promised land. You're like, oh yeah, I think that was the place that my great great-great- great <laughs> great great grandfather was from, right? That's like, true. I mean, it, oh, it's man. the it, it's the equivalent of if I said or you said your your relatives came over on the mayflower we have to do, go do you, back do you feel the distance i mean it's mm-hmm. it's huge wow uh, in terms of time how fast and so yeah so they really the god god is going to have to form an identity for these people that that has really been lost in a way right yeah,
0: yeah. Mm. that's so interesting and in, in that way the uh the kids in the back seat of the car analogy actually really really works for that because your 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 parent Moses is the parent in this instance your parents are saying we got we're gonna go on a trip like we gotta get back to you know we're gonna go do this thing it's the old family you know campground that we're gonna be able to hang out and it's gonna be great there's milk and honey there and like <laughs> yeah. I don't wanna yeah. go I miss yeah, that's my right, old man. friends yeah. Yeah, I
1: don't wanna, I wanna... move. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go home and and play on my Nintendo Switch. Do we have to go? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That time actually...
2: difference though is crazy, though. To even put that, like, that's a huge. I think it was like that's like my, it's, it's like my Aztec ancestors that's right. <laughs> like that's <right. laughs> like that's and and I don't know anything about them that's <laughs> yeah. so, so like
1: that's right that's yeah, right we
2: at least we at least have like medieval Western history to kind of turn back to but so it's like yeah. man that, I mean a lot can happen in 400 years which I mean now that we now, I was I was trying to figure out why didn't we talk about the the parting of the Red Sea this week? Uh, yeah. I was like, I was like, why did we finish with with Passover? And of course, even being in the in the series, kind of on the planning end, that never occurred to me until I until the end of the sermon. I was like, oh wow, we didn't we didn't even get to the Red Sea. Yeah. But now that you're talking about this kind of like this long time and the whole like the Passover meal being like a thing to remember something, and it's like I wonder if that has something like if there's something at play there, right? Like if if God's putting in this meal this Passover meal to remember something um, almost as if to like say you guys are you guys for 400 years have forgotten something really important so we're going to put something in that you have to do every single year Mm. um, so that you don't forget like I'm I'm wondering if forgetfulness and remembering is, is a big part of that story that I hadn't really thought of before
1: well see okay uh, I, I with y'all's permission because i know we're nearing the end on the podcast let, this i was gonna say let's let's do some practical application of this but uh let's let's nah, hyper don't need let, it let's hyper nerd out for just a moment and let me if there are any uh uh children listening or parents of kids listening i don't think there are but if there are let me just say <laughs> uh i'm gonna get into some uh some graphic birth imagery here for just a moment because the Bible does, so that's just a heads-up warning here. But all right, we'll Caesar... give you
0: five seconds of silence. Warning,
1: <laughs> <laughs> warning, warning, and, go. Warning. War... Warning. Right, and go. Danger, okay. danger, Mr. <laughs> yeah. Osso. So uh, Caesar, you mentioned the 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 Red Sea, and uh, you know there's this fascinating language that we're going to talk about at Easter this year. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to get into the birth stuff, but uh, you know. The the New Testament talks about this need to be born again, this Mm. this spiritual rebirth. And really what we're seeing in this Exodus story is that God's people are being born. Mm. Uh, And the imagery begins with the blood on the doorframe of their homes. Mm. And then the imagery of the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea, which is really a birth canal kind of image. Mm. And again, the rabbis love to talk about this stuff. Uh, we we get a little squeamish, I guess, because of yeah. our, our pur- puritanical roots or something. We don't we don't <laughs> want to talk about that. But you know, if you think about the door, the door, uh, you know, it was there was blood, and and then they all they they departed, uh, and and then again the the parting of the, Re- the Red Sea, and, and there's this this sense in which uh, God is wanting to create something new. He's he's calling these people to become something new, and uh, it's really this birth, birthing of his people. Mm-hmm. And then what the ne- very next thing that's going to happen, just like a good parent, he's going to lay down the the, the rules of the of the family for them. Right? <laughs> here's how. Here's who we are as a family, and here's how we're going to live together. And uh, we're going to talk about that in two weeks. Um, but yeah, I, so I think uh, it would have been fun to touch on the Red Sea. Um, we, we only have 52 sundays this year to cover the whole of the bible <laughs> yeah. so we had to pick, pick and choose but uh there, there's a little bit of red sea imagery for you hope hopefully that stirs the imagination of some of our folks to go and read a little bit more about that
0: yeah i mean that's that's amazing i've never heard that analogy before but it's mm-hmm. so true and, and to, to perhaps bring it into kind of the full circle of life conversation you know to caesar's point about this this needing to remember Uh, When he said that, I thought of the Latin phrase, memento mori, you know, that remember your death phrase. So in in the way that they're born now, they also have set up these, or will eventually, I'm not sure exactly when the Passover meal became a thing, um, whether it was around this time or later, but in the same way that we remember Christ's death through supper. Mm -hmm. um, So the Passover meal is to remind us of the death that is necessary and to Mm -hmm. remember that we too will die i think right so even in this birth we see the kind of foundation of this memento mori of this needing to remind oneself of the death that is needed and yeah. that's a physical death as we saw with the angel you know taking away those those babies but also uh we talk about all the time in our modern western context of needing to die to self right so yeah. the reason that we uh take the lord's supper like we did on sunday is to remind ourselves of this the death of Christ, of the sacrifice of Christ, but also in a way how, where we need to confess and lay down ourselves. Uh, well, not even weekly if we would do communion every week, or, or but but daily, right? Yeah, that's a that's call so that good. We have through everything, yeah,
1: that's so good, Nathan. I and you know, I think what what I walked away Sunday because again the message was kind of preached both through me and to me. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I walked away thinking about all right, how do I how do I not be like Pharaoh in this story? <laughs> yeah. so, in other words, if if God and, and I'm gonna try and tie it together here, if God is wanting to birth something new in my life, yeah. um, how uh, how can I be receptive to that such that I'm not hardening my heart to what he's wanting to do? Right?
0: Wow, yeah. I,
1: I don't I don't want to make God make it any harder than he needs to make it for me to be able to turn and see what he's doing and, and participate in that. I want to be a willing uh, and, and ready person. Yeah. And Aaron, if you wake up
0: tomorrow morning and there are frogs on your balcony, you'll, you'll know that you're <laughs> We're in no, trouble. You should have uh, changed course. You have changed your heart. You're on the right track. <laughs> or maybe on the right track. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. At least you know what to prepare for next. So if I hire an exterminator. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. The God of termites would be my biggest problem. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, any closing thoughts for the listeners at home as
1: we wrap up uh, this week's show? Yeah, you know, I I wanted to give this, I I got a great email this week, and I was so thankful. Um, Someone from our our church wrote and said, hey, thanks for this this whole story series. I'm really loving it. Uh, You know, they were somebody who grew up thinking that we were supposed to read the Bible uh as if everybody in this story is a hero and they're all doing everything right and we're to emulate Mm. them right and they were just thanking us as a as a team and as a church for giving them permission to read the bible on its own terms Mm. and so for those who who are in it um we're 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 gonna get continue to get into some strange stuff uh this this week we're gonna be talking about scapegoats and uh laws that say um you know you don't, don't tattoo your skin uh, and don't wear polyester. So, um, you know, what does all that have to do? Well, just hold it lightly and, and read the Bible on its own terms and continue the journey. I, I, I think that's going to be a, a real fun, fun, um, well, it's fun journey to share together as we, as we do it. Yeah.
0: Great. Well, friends, we want to thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of the show. I want to thank Aaron and Caesar for being with us. Aaron, thanks for preaching with us so faithfully. Thanks for uh, taking on a wonderful manuscript from, from Rachel. Rachel, if you're happy to listen to this, we, we miss you and, and we missed you and we look forward to having you back. But how, how fun was it to, to get to hear from you through Aaron uh, in his yeah. robot mecha suit that was his uh, sermon. <laughs> <laughs> to bring that weird metaphor back. I'm all about awesome. the metaphors today. I don't know what's going it's on. It's good, it's good. <laughs> well, friends, we will see you next time. Thanks again for listening. Goodbye.